I'm Dan Panoshin, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Jason is going to love this episode, David. Oh, Why yeah. That? Oh, yeah, he is. He, he is, is going to be in his glories. It's oh, almost word? like it's his birthday. Yeah, we couldn't have. Man. Yep. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, re- I'm, I'm reading what you both read, and I'm all about that. You're all about what? The thing you both read. Okay. Wait. See, see, you're, you're baffling. My love for that. Oh, we're not talking about the same thing. Oh. <laughs> You're definitely... <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. You're talking about the thing with the exclamation mark. Hell yeah. Uh, hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you lucky it didn't win then. Don't pass on it until you heard about it, my friend. Nah, sure. I'm only kidding. I, you, yeah. you guys, like, listen, I, that character is not a favorite of mine, but that, but you all know, I, I don't mind the character. I mean, I, I'm reading the, uh, the Bendis stuff. You you equated the character with milk toast. Yeah. Just, just to inflame, just just to troll though. Oh, oh, I see how it is now. Yes. I see how it is. Yes, because you've never trolled my my most treasured characters. I don't know the meaning of the word. I would never ever do that to you. You got butt hurt when I didn't like that Fakakta Dinobot combiner. Oh god, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's it's not even a good design. It's it's. I it's, just think it's hilarious because there are some butt jackass, ugly, goofy transformers that are in canon. Agreed. And you're like, holy shit, dude, look at this! And literally, I posted and talk about apropos. I posted a picture. I I googled worst transformers ever, and that penguin came up, and I laughed out loud when I saw it because it's literally a penguin. And it transforms by just sliding the penguin's carapace out as a shield, and it's yep. just a regular robot inside. Yeah, <laughs> like there's no elegance to the engineering at all. I posted it in retort to you, and Revikin's like, "Oh, but that's legit, yo!" And he posts me. It shows a picture of his on his shelf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't mess with the Dinobots. They never combined, never, and and they they will not in my mind. But um, it, it's just silly. That's no, that's fine. That's fine. But. And- and, and you say never, though. How, what do you mean never? G1. The Dinobots didn't combine. But you're not beholden to G1. Oh, I sure am. Oh, bullshit. You don't sure. own any non-G1 Transformers? Oh, I didn't say that. No. Well, exactly. Right. But what? But in... Th- there's so a mis- dude, Skylinks is cool, but... Oh, I don't know about that. five Dinobots transforming into a combiner isn't cool? No. No, it's not. Especially when Grimlock is the Nexus. Grimlock is so stupid. He would never be able to manage in, in, in combiner form. Never. He can't even manage in, 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 in his regular bot mode. It's you a hive mind, bro. Hey, everybody. What is this? It's 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 696. And I'm Vince B. Oh, Vince B. The B stands for back. Yes. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are, and I'm America's protector, Ultraman. Nice. That's that nice. nice. I wasn't expecting Really more Earth's protector, though. It should be Earth's Protector. Yeah. 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 I don't even know why I said America's. I fucked that up. No, you're good. You're, hey, it's all good, but you're not Ultraman. Definitely not. 
you are Jason Wood, everybody, and we're all together again on this wonderful 696 episode brought to you by who? Discount Comic Book Service. Exactly. Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you can get your books, get them fast, get delivered straight to your door. Rejoice. The specials are up, and I've selected three. Number one, I spread it around this time, which was kind of cool. Number one comes from DC. Our friends at DC Comics. It's the Amazing World of Superman Tabloid Edition hardcover. What? I had this back in the Diz, and I read the thing until the cover fell off. Yeah. It's a 1973 tabloid reprinting the origin of the Man of Steel is back in a new hardcover edition. This classic collection also includes the story of Lex Luthor's sinister visit to the theme park called Superman Land. Superboy stories, plus features like a map of Krypton, how to draw Superman, Superman family portrait. They should give that how to draw Superman to John Romita Jr. Um, Superman family portrait. Facts. Wow, that's harsh. And Facts. more. It includes a giant map of Krypton, plus stories from Action Comics 210, Superman 170, Superman Annual 2, and number 6, and more. It is cover priced at nineteen ninety nine, which is a bargain. But you are not going to pay that. You are going to pay, get this, are you listening? $10. Whoa. For a tabloid-sized hardcover? Shut up. This should be on everybody's list. Next up, Marvel. What? Yes, it's the Captain America by Jack Kirby omnibus hardcover new printing. Oh, yeah. It's the Mad Bomb. Who could pass up the Mad Bomb? Obviously, I did, because if this is a new printing, I didn't order it when it was originally solicited, silly me. That was dumb. It was dumb, but... The legendary Jack King Kirby, co-creator of Captain America, returned to the title in the mid-1970s for an earth-shattering encore unparalleled in sheer scope and creativity. Hosanna. Just in time for the American Bicentennial. The secret empire has infiltrated American society and plans to drive the country into war. Hmm. When was this written? With their insanity-inducing mad bomb. Unless Captain America and the Falcon can find them in time. Then Cap takes a trippy tour of 200 years of American history, courtesy of the mysterious Mr. Buddha. And even the eternal evil of the Red Skull pales before Cap's most bizarre foe yet, Arnim Zola, the biofanatic, plus the menaces of the swine, Magneto, and his evil mutants, and more. All straight from the endlessly imaginative Mm -hmm. mind of Jack Kirby. It collects Captain America... 193 to 214, annual 3 and 4, and the entirety of the Marvel Treasury edition, Captain America's Bicentennial Battles. It's 568 pages, yo! $100, says on the back. But guess what? You're not going to pay that. Nope. You're only going to pay half of that. $50. That's crazy. For 568 pages of perfect comics, it's a good month. Uh, last but certainly not least, from our friends at Boom with an exclamation point. Jesus. Nice rocket racer. <laughs> it's Origins, number one of six, written by Clay Chapman with art by Jacob Rebelka. Here's the pitch: A thousand years after humans are killed off by artificial intelligence, one man is brought back to life: David Adams who created the technology that destroyed his people. Now, with the help of the android Chloe, 
who revived him, David will try to restore humanity and stop the AI overlords he created. David embarks on the greatest battle of his life, seeking redemption while also discovering if humanity can, or should, have any kind of future. It's a new sci-fi epic for fans of Little Bird and Descender from acclaimed writer Clay McLeod Chapman, who did Absolute Carnage, Separation and Anxiety, okay, and illustrator Jacob Rebelka, who did something called Judas. And it's based on a concept by Arash Amel, A Private War, and Joseph Oxford, Me and Her, and Lee Toland Krieger, The Age of Adeline. There's a lot of people involved in this, but it looks really good. Cover price, $3.99. Your price, $1.99. See? 50% off. It's a trend. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order additions, and you get your books walked right up to your door on a silver platter by a butler with white gloves. That's, yeah, don't hold don't me to that, that last one, but it yeah. might as well be, right? DCBService.com. Nicely done. Thank you. So did you miss us? I certainly did. I did miss you. There you go. Very much. I was excited to do this. That's why I picked the thing I picked to read, because I'm thinking we're best when two or more of us team up. Mm-hmm. I am uh, surprised you didn't squeeze a fourth this month then because of Jenica being uh, Jenica 2 coming out. Well, I did push that the first time, the first miniseries. No, I know. Yeah. I know, but I thought you'd be elated that they're doing a follow-up. Um, I'm elated, yes, but I'm not elated at the cover price. Like, why you got to charge an extra... That. It's four ninety nine. Why you got to charge an extra Ooh, dollar? Yeah. The original was four ninety nine too, and it's... Almost worth it. I don't think there are many comics out there that are worth four ninety nine for a standard size, you know, comic. But when the uh, subject matter is in that zone, I'm more willing to pay four ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And they know it's, it. Uh, it's more issues. This this limited series is a five issue, right, or six? The last one was, I think, just two or three. I think it was the last one was three. Okay, was it three or four? I don't know. But it was. Yeah, I. I it was good. It started off a little rocky, but I think it got it got found its footing very quickly, and I liked it a lot. I just love Jenica, so a worthy addition to the turtle mythology. Truth. Yeah, I need okay. a little bit more excitement from you guys. Like let's, we're just we're excited to hear your dulcet voice after a week of not having you. Is that what it is? I will tell you, I mean, I think Dap and I held it down with Sean. We had a great time talking to him, but, uh, and, and we were very, he's one of those guests that is plenty talkative himself, so it wasn't like we were pulling teeth, but uh, I really am bummed that you couldn't be on with him because, I mean, you know, you are the most artisty of the of the three of us by far in terms of craft, and he was wilding out about copics and inking and, and, and tools, and he would have talked tools of the trade for two hours. Nice. And he... And I think, as you know, he was a professor for a long time uh, at uh, SCAD. So you two have the the teaching uh, lamentations that you can share. It was sad. I, I really wanted to talk to Sean, but um, I, I decided to err on the side of caution. And uh, Listen, yeah. happy wife, happy life, dude. It's, it's true. It's true. And uh, I was laughing because as I was editing the episode, 
there was a giant chunk of just one side of the waveform. And I'm, th- <laughs> and I'm thinking, that is not David and Jason. That has to be Sean. And then it was followed by a little blip and a little blip and then another giant chunk <laughs> of waveform. So it, it, it was very easy to edit it. Yeah. yeah. It was. Yeah, he. I mean, he was. He he is a podcaster himself and uh, and a good storyteller. So he he was one of those people we could have given him four, four questions and filled up the whole show. Right. Yeah. Right. Wasn't he, quite Liefeld, but 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 I certainly. Think, yeah, it was yeah. a. Uh, I mean, yeah, and 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 we were. Um, well, you heard it in the. Uh, they'll hear it in the bonus if if it makes it, but but he. Oh, it's in there. When he when he does um, his podcast, he does it through Zoom, so this way you know he can. It's it, it's it's on, it's video. Um, and we were discussing that uh, as far as because I know we've uh, considered we've given some thought to doing video. Uh, so I wanted some some input from someone who is doing it. Um, then, that, but yeah, but once 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 we once we got Jason and and uh, the red light went on, it was um, it was a blast. I had a lot of fun. One um, little uh, critique, criticism, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. You guys didn't vamp. You went straight in. Well, I vamped with Sean, uh-huh. mostly. That was. <laughs> yeah, that, but yeah. you didn't do the, like, right after the woohoo, you're just like, okay, this is the episode, yo. And I, so there was, because, a, there was well, a gap. Yeah, but that's, I, I figured there would be. You you would do whatever you have to do, but um, yeah, but there was there was no vamping probably because I I, I didn't I didn't know if if Sean was going to be that down the clown with all that. So, right. Next time he's he's definitely down the clown. So yes, all right, yeah. Well, I will be here next time. Yes, you will be. for shizzle. So let's talk some comics, my men. Let's do it. You right. you guys are going to go. You're going to collab, though, right? Uh, uh, a couple few things. Yeah. It's extremely likely. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, then I respect that. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I I just want to. I I have a feeling neither of you've read this yet. Oh, nice. But, what do you got? But you need to read it, and it's one. It's a one shot, so there's no reason you can't read it. And it's something I didn't even realize was coming out until I got it. It. it I, and I'm curious if you guys knew it was coming out either. And I'm talking about Fearless Dawn Me Tellboy. Yes. yes, I ordered it, my friend. Yeah, apparently I did too. I'd forgotten though. It looks beautiful, <laughs> dude. It's awesome. It's yes. awesome. It's it's it's. Uh, I'm going to assume most of our listeners know from what we speak of with the Fearless Dawn. That is Steve Mannion's creator-owned main character. She is. Uh, how would you describe her? I guess she is a buxom heroine, um, somewhat shifted out of time it's it's set in the modern day but she basically spends her time fighting nazis and and nazi monsters she's a good um, girl yeah yeah we have talked about Mannion's fearless dawn many times over the years when he does something with her he's done a bunch of kickstarters with her and uh, years ago i think at our first one of our first cons together you guys found the first fearless dawn trade and told me i needed to buy it and that's when i first discovered her and um but yeah, this this is exactly what it sounds like. It's it's uh, it's build is co-written by Mignola and Mannion, and Ma- uh, Mignola draws the intro and outro pages, and Mannion draws the rest. But it's done really well because 
basically it starts with Hellboy walking through a cavern of some sort and coming across this little demon looking creature who's looking at something and it somehow flashes him into a different uh, time time and it's that he's flashed into the modern times and it's it's where he just happens to get f- flashed into where Dawn and her crew are uh, about to attack a castle that is inhabited by uh, Nazis uh, and uh, and so he he's like well I'm I'm down for some like I'm down for fighting some Nazis anytime like count me in. And of course, like Dawn marks out because she's like, holy shit, it's it's you're the red dude. You know, you're the red dude devil guy. And apparently as a, like they're all in the same universe anyway. And she knew of him. And uh, there's some like some comedy relief, which is perfect for Mannion. Right. They uh, her crew and, and, and he sit down and kind of get to know each other. And they're uh, they're uh, they're munching on some food and 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 kind of just riffing on all that. And then it's time to kick some ass. So they go to the castle and uh, essentially the. uh the Nazi Frankenstein, I for, the, the 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 antagonist, he he conjures a magic spell to call up the uh, the six 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 Nazi regiment from from World War Two. They've <laughs> all been buried there, and uh, and so it's basically a bunch of Nazi zombies uh, all come out of the ground. And uh, Hellboy and uh, Dawn and her crew beat the shit out of the zomb- uh, the Nazi zombies, um, and that's the book. And then once they succeed, um. Hellboy wakes up and it's like he was in a dream and he's back to being in the cave saying, what the hell just happened? <laughs> so yeah, like it's, it's just, it's, it's one shot could totally fit into the Mignola verse continuity for all you wonks who care about that. But, uh, I know we're all huge fans of Mannion's drawing for people that aren't familiar with Mannion. He draws a very exaggerated cheesecakey style. Um, he's certainly a huge fan of, of, the EC guys. I mean, he's definitely of that school and um, it was awesome. You know, I mean, they're both great cartoonists and I would imagine that because Mignola is the baller, he got to draw three pages and probably shares 50, 50 in the, in the economics, right? And <laughs> Mannion drew 30 pages and it's probably, that's probably fair, right? Like three pages of Mignola probably roughly equals in terms of sales. What would a 30 page Mannion book would be equal to, I would imagine. So um, yeah, so it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I hope it's one the, the the thing about it is I, I wonder how many stores even bothered putting it on the shelves. So it's probably one of those books, like, if you didn't pre-order it, you're going to have trouble finding it. Right. Um, but that said, if you didn't pre-order it and your store doesn't carry it, like, if you're not in a major city, um, keep an eye out for it. Just just add it to your list. You all have lists when you go binge diving at cons, and yes, we will eventually go to cons again. And uh, if you're not at a con with Steve, then hopefully you can find it in a bin somewhere, because it's definitely a lot of fun and worth it. I agree. Yeah. And I, I it's a very smart move because um it, you know, it's it, more people have definitely heard of Mike Mignola than Steve Mannion. So and Hellboy. So if you team up with a, a big name, um it's only going to get more eyes on your book. And I think Steve Mannion is one of those guys like why isn't he a household name? He's one of the best yeah. illustrators out there. Um, yes, there, he has his thing and he does that thing very, very, very well. Um, but you know, you, you can't, um, slog on the guy for doing one thing exceptionally well. Like he draws Mm -hmm. real, uh, sexy horror comics, Mm -hmm. uh, which I love. Right. 
So, I, I mean, our eyes have been on Steve Mannion for a long time. Oh, for sure. Hopefully, this will uh, pull a lot more eyes in, too, because we always say X sure can draw the women. Um, Steve Mannion is in a class all by himself with the ladies, man. Oh, definitely. Do you know? You know, it's funny for all for all, as much as I consider myself a Mannion fan, and I I think I own, I th- I'm pretty sure I own all the Fearless Dawn stuff at this point, if if not most of it. Um, I don't know the answer to this, but maybe you do, Vince. Did, did he ever have a period in his career where he either did work for like in other comics or or tried to? Because I. Yeah. I only think of him for his own stuff. No, yeah, he did some stuff for Arcane Comics, I believe. Okay. I mean, I have them. I just, I'm, I'm. Holy shit! <laughs> the windows I... are open. Obviously, it's nice. <laughs> it's, it's... I mean, I, I would guess Arcane, um, because okay, I ha- but never like he's never tried to do like a run at the big two or Image or anything like that. No, 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 no. He's always been in the trenches. I think he likes it there. Yeah, I mean, we've we've interacted with him a lot at, at Heroes Con, certainly, and, and he strikes me as a guy that definitely marches to the beat of his own drummer. Sure, and he's not like a spring chicken. I'd say he's older. Well, he's he's, he's I was going to say he's older than us, but he's he's probably in his fifties, right? Like he's, I'd say, I would say, fifty or under. I don't think he's over fifty. Okay. Yeah, but he's a grown ass man. Is my point? Like, yeah, he's. he's but at this point, he has no interest in doing mainstream comics. No, no, no. Oh, and 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 before you guys do your collabo, I do, um, and I I didn't have this in my notes, but I'm glad this the stream of consciousness made me think of this. Immense, humongous congratulations to our good friend and former guest on the show, Julian Lytle, who, um, you know, had has put out his own work. He put out a web comic called Ants for a long time, which I thought was great. And I think I'm not speaking out of school when I say he had largely given up on his dream to break into comics in a more serious manner. Um, but through the grace of, of, of friends and making introductions, he had a chance to pitch an idea to DC um, and they accepted it. And he is appearing in the Swamp Thing Halloween um, anthology that they're putting out in October. He did an eight page story. And uh, that's huge, man. That's like purely huge. And I know some people might be thinking, well, you know, it's just eight pages. And sure. But I will say that that's how all these careers at the big two start. You know, yeah, that's how Tom King got started. Tom King fought and fought at those cons after he wrote his book and got an eight page story in one of those anthologies. Right. About um, the one with the, the basically a play on what if he could you, would you kill Hitler as a baby type of thing? I forget. I forget the name of it. But uh, and, and the rest is history. So. The point is, he got his foot in the door, uh, and isn't it kind of funny that you know people get an opportunity right when they kind of have decided they're no longer going to get that opportunity? So I think that's great. I want everybody to go out and buy it because the better it sells, the better chance he and anyone else that's in that book that are doing smaller pieces will have a chance to do a full issue or a mini series or something. And then hey, then it's all on him, right? If 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 he delivers on that, then then he could actually have a at long last a career as a as a writer at dc and that'd be great so yeah so true my my, 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 my capital. yeah absolutely and and the uh i mean i'm i can't wait to get the issue and 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 julian's gonna kill it no doubt but i i definitely um was standing at attention because the artist for his story is john timms who i have been I know. adoring essential sequential Justice. shout out yeah. yeah, it's good to see 
um, new creators, new blood in, in yeah. the in the, the uh, showcase. Right, the comics arena, but it feels a thousand times better when that new blood is a friend, someone we love, right? Yeah, and, and, oh, I know. And you know yeah. how long and how hard Julian has been working. Definitely, man. Right. And, and so. also, interestingly, too, um, it's Sean Pryor's birthday, by the way. Happy birthday Happy to birthday. him. Yeah. Um, and Sean, you know, Sean has been, unlike Julian, who did his own thing with Ant's digitally but hasn't really done much published work or hasn't really tried to we all know i mean we're all good friends with sean and he's been on the show too sean has been hustling for god what 15 years vince i mean back yeah. when he, and, and and he has never given up you know he has he has put his own stuff out he's worked with action lab he was the president of action lab for a time and despite time after time of of not hitting it he continues to put out his own work which i think is what you have to do if you're really passionate about it and um, a, maybe a year ago, he did a digital comic called Fire Within, an autobiographical comic that I talked about on the show. Very personal to him. It was about uh, uh, domestic abuse. Very, very sad and, and poignant story um, that I, I was touched by. He put it out digitally at the time. He launched a Kickstarter, uh, which is just end. It's due to end, I think, in a day or two, actually. So it's been close to three, four weeks. But, but, um, but I have to say, what's cool about it is I think this is. And I'm 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 pulling this numbers out of my ass, but I think this is Sean's fifth or sixth Kickstarter in the last ten years, and they all have been funded, but just barely so. Like it's been a slog for him, you know, where where he's kind of called on his friends to really shout out and push, and and they're just kind of getting that by the skin of his teeth. And I think he was mentally prepared for this Fire Within hardcover to be the same. And it's like 4X subscribed, man. And, like, that's, again, it's just a nice testament to a, a dude that deserves it, that puts in the work. And I love that his most personal work that he's ever done, right, like the thing that's actually the most meaningful to him is to date his far and away biggest success. And I love that. Yeah, yeah. And I can remember every instance we talked to Sean. And mm -hmm. whatever it was he was doing – he was invested. It was the thing, right? Yep. Th this is, uh, I'm so happy with this. I'm proud of it. It came out just the way I wanted it. Uh, or I'm working with this person and we have a good relationship and the, the energy's there. And like everything he works on, he feels it, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, I, 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 he's an inspiration. But to be totally honest, like I would have given up a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't. He just keeps going and going. And I, that's what you need in, in this industry. You need to, to take your punches and keep getting back up, right? And, and he does. And he's such yeah. a good, such a talented creator. Like, it, it, eventually, I, I'm sure this, it's, he's going to break up. Like, boom. Like, big. Yeah. And I just can't wait to see it. Yeah. Julian, too, right? I guess you, yep. you, we have a lot of talented friends who have been slugging it out for a long time. Yep. And what's even great about it is is they are, these two specifically, are genuinely good dudes. Yes. Oh, yeah. And it's not like, you know, it's, it's, oh, well, yeah, you know, it was bound to happen for him sooner or later. And, and you know, good for him. You yep. know, really. It's like, yay. But these dudes, like, you are absolutely yep. rooting for him. And, and, and they're my legends bros because, I mean, we can talk about that. That yep. six issue miniseries anytime and and it's it's just no, and they I'm, both know their shit. They're hardcore comic nerds. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And 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 listen, I mean, for those that don't know, they're both they're both black men, and, and I think that's great too. You know, like I, I mean, we need more inclusion, 
I think DC is doing a great job with that for what it's worth. And I say great meaning like much better than they've ever done before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it's like they fixed it or it's where it needs to be, but I'm saying they seem to be doing a, making a concerted effort to be more inclusive, which is great. Uh, even as much as, and we didn't really talk about it, but after the, um, the bloodletting of DC higher ups, I mean, uh, the 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 senior leadership now are all either people of color or women, uh, and I'm including Jim Lee in that because you know he is Asian. But uh, but 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 I'm saying but but the point is is that they now have uh, of there are no white men running DC comics right now. And, and again, I'm not suggesting white men can't have senior positions at comics companies anymore. I, that's so listeners out there don't misconstrue what I'm saying. But I'm saying that it's great that one of the two largest is for the first time ever at a point where they feel confident enough. Uh, that they don't feel like they need to have a white man running the show. And that's pretty cool. So, A lot of truth. You're making sense this episode. I'm trying. I'm just trying to get all my, my, my propers in so I can hit the mute button while you guys talk about the, oh, man. the Captain Milk Toast. That breaks. Uh, which one? Because they're, you could be referring to one of two characters. Dap, let's roll with this. Let's just pretend he's not here. <laughs> So any other, every other episode then. I true, think. true. Oh my lord, we what? that is savagely <laughs> blasphemous. What? I didn't, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. We Wait have second. We have read a half inch slab of greatness for this oh, episode. Half inch thick, wonderful comics. Pretty much the thing that kept me going in a period that was kind of dark. It was originally presented in 1992. Yes. Right, written while well, your writers, I should say, are Dan Jurgens, Jerry Ordway, Roger Stern, and Wheezy Simonson. Woo. Art by John Bogdanov, Tom Grummet, Butch Geis, Brett Breeding, Dan Jurgens, Bob McLeod, Doug Hazelwood, Dennis Janke, Dennis Rodier, or Rodier, Rodier, is it? Trevor Scott, and the color art is by Glenn Whitmore. Glenn's like, yeah, I'll color the whole thing. It is called. Panic in the sky! Exclamation mark! It it collects this 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 hunk of paper. This this forest between two covers collects Action Comics six seventy four through six seventy six. Adventures of Superman four eighty eight through four ninety. Superman sixty five through sixty seven, and Superman the Man of Steel numbers nine through eleven. Right. And it's not all Panic in the Sky, though. You get the entire Panic in the Sky Superman event, which trailed through the Triangle era Superman titles. And you get a little bit of the aftermath and a a couple of small stories after. But um, for Jason's benefit, (laughs) Panic in the Sky needs a little bit of setting up. You can't just run right into it. Um, Even though the book kind of does. Yeah. Uh, the the post-crisis Brainiac is a bit convoluted. He's still a Kaluan. He's still Vril Dox, but only in consciousness. Uh, he it, it, The consciousness is housed in the body of an earthling named Milton Moses Fine. But this version of Brainiac is also a clone. So he's a Kaluan, consciousness, containing the clone of a metahuman. Simple? Sure. Okay. So Brainiac has taken 
leadership of Mongol's war world. You're familiar with war world, right? Very. Mongol had scooped up Superman during the exiled storyline and forced him to fight in the arena because that's what you do on war world, right? Superman beat war world's champion at the time, which was Draga. But Superman being Superman refused to kill him, which brought great shame and dishonor to Draga. So Superman and Draga team up and lead an insurrection against Mongol, who is ousted as leader of Warworld. And he goes on to join forces with Cyborg Superman, but that's another story. So Superman bested Draga, but didn't kill him, which put Draga in a very bad place. He desperately wants another shot at Superman, either to best him or to die at his hands. Either outcome would restore his honor, right? So Brainiac slips into the vacuum created by the ousted Mongol, and, like a lot of characters in this tale, he's got a big old bone to pick with Big Blue. On his side is the dishonored Draga. Also, Brainiac has run roughshod over Almarac, which is the homeworld of Maxima. Yes. Who also has issues with the Man of Steel because he spurned her desires to have him as a mate. She came on to him super hard and Superman's like, nah, I'm not about that. I don't like beautiful red haired women with, with, you know, one piece of hair that just won't go back. Um, so he didn't want anything to do with her and she's not one to be in the position of underling, but she's biding her time to also get revenge on Brainiac for what he did to her planet and people. So she's like, yeah, I'll work with you. But on the sly, she's waiting for an opening so she could take Brainiac out. Also in Brainiac's pocket is the very confused Supergirl, who isn't Supergirl at all. She's Matrix, a shape-shifting protoplasmic entity from a pocket universe created by that universe's Lex Luthor and imprinted with the memories of his dead love, Lana Lang, from his universe. Simple. Again, right? So the early stages of Panic in the Sky feature Matrix, not as Supergirl, but as Superman. I told you she was confused. Matrix is gender fluid and I think is in desperate need of a revival. I think they should have a Matrix series now. That makes a lot of sense. Right. She's gender fluid. This could speak Mm -hmm. to a lot of issues currently facing a lot of people in this country, right? Get on it, TC. So... Brainiac has his head ship run amok in Metropolis to soften up Superman while Warworld comes toward Earth. So while in the head ship, Brainiac invades Superman's mind and he kind of, you know, lets the cat out of the bag. So now Superman's in a bind. He can't deal with Warworld all by himself. Even worse, the Justice League has recently been disbanded and it happened at the end of Giffen and DeMatteis' breakdowns. Um, so Superman gathers who he can, f- who he can to fight, to bring that fight to Warworld, and here's who he gets. It's incredible how many characters are in this damn story. The Metal Men, Deathstroke, who is he handpicked Deathstroke as his tactician, and I'm thinking, hmm, th- this would never work today. I was going to say, that's like uh, Punisher in Civil War, right? Right. There's no way Superman would ever work with Deathstroke. But, uh, you know, suspension of disbelief. Mm -hmm. Flash, the Forever People, 
Captain Marley. Huh? Marley. Yeah. Wally. Yeah. Ba- good. Barry's dead at this time. No, the okay. real Flash. The real Flash. So, so yeah, Barry no, then. No, Wally. No, we, right. Yeah, it's not the real Flash. It's Wally. Okay. No, it's the real Flash. So, um, Captain Marvel, Kilowog, Guy Gardner, Fire and Ice, Mr. Miracle, Big Barda, Rocket Red, Elongated Man, Crimson Fox, Batman, and Nightwing, Blue and Gold, Booster and Beetle, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Double X, Agent Liberty, Largand, Gangbuster, and Starman. That's a hell of a crew. Did I forget anybody, Depp? I don't think so. Is this the James Robinson Starman? Or the blue no, Starman. it's the uh, it's it's the Will Payton. It's it's yeah. it's my favorite version of of Starman. It's the crea- It's the character created by um, Roger Stern and uh, and Tom Lyle. And in his in his cooler looking outfit uh, with his longer hair. But uh, but yeah, it's that. It's 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 the powered Starman, not the Starman who required the the staff. Got yes, it. Okay. yes, yes. So er, plus. Early in the story, Brainiac captures Metron, complete with his chair, right? Which prompts Orion and Lightway to attempt a rescue mission. But they fail. <laughs> Orion fails. Like, what? Um, so they get captured too, which kind of works against Brainiac because once they're on War, War World, Double X uses the Mobius chair to shield Superman and company's efforts from Brainiac's mental scans. So he was being a dick in capturing Metron and he thought he had the upper hand. I got Metron, one of the most powerful beings in the entire universe and his chair. But in, in bringing Metron in, it gave the rebels, the tools to hide their activities from Brainiac, which is awesome. Right. The story, there's a nugget at the, the center of this story and it all revolves around Superman. Draga wants to have Superman be tested against Superman. Matrix has issues with Superman. Brainiac has issues with Superman, right? It, it's, it, there's, it's not a very complex story. It's, it's a lot of action. Batman and company stay on Earth. Uh, Brainiac keeps teleporting citizens of or warriors from War World to Metropolis, and Batman and company are take, trying to take them out. And Crimson Fox is yelling in French, and uh, it's so. And then you have your cosmic team, all the ones that could survive the rigors of space, getting bringing the fight to War World. It's just a big slam bam action story that I I love every single page of this thing. I think it's amazing. There's a, a sequence in the in the opening chapters, and when I originally read it, I'm like, these these guys are speaking my language. Um, Draga is sitting in an alien bar with his buddy, and his buddy's named Cramden, and they dra- <laughs> they, they draw the alien to look like Jackie Gleason. Oh, that's your shit. Are you kidding me? Right? And then this alien bartender. This alien waitress hits on Superman, like, "Oh, you're so handsome." She's all t- and it's really you're Matrix. So, sexy. so it's like there's 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 a sexiness to it in, in in that it's a on the surface it's a woman hitting on a man, but in reality it's a woman hitting on a gender neutral character. It's cool. I like it a lot. Um, but I will say one thing: 
The writers do not understand Guy Gardner at all. <laughs> because they don't get him because in every instance... Does anyone know Vince? I mean... I'm just saying. In every instance, Guy is painted to be a lummox, a buffoon, an yeah. idiot. And it's just like, that's not Guy Gardner. Guy has levels. Oh, come on. <laughs> like, he he's busting Captain Marvel's balls for being a brown noser. Like, Captain Marvel's all about Superman. He's like, yes, sir, Superman, we got you. We'll do it. We'll help you. And Guy's like, you're such a brown noser. And there's an attraction between Mate, um, Maxima and Guy Gardner that's mm-hmm. really cool. And I think that those two would make an awesome couple because she's just looking for a sire to make, you know, good breeding stock, right? Yeah, but Dab, I mean, this floated our boat back in the day. But what did you think about reading it now? How many years after the fact? Reading it now, um, it it pretty much um, transported me right back to it. I I remember going to the newsstand, getting the books every week. Um, I, I I practically lived for for the Triangle era. I, I getting a Superman book. Every week, and 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 the artists that they had, um, I mean, you you have Dan Jurgens on the main Superman title doing doing um, layouts and finishes by Brett Breeding. You have uh, I I forgot that uh, Bob McLeod worked on um, Action Comics for a while yeah. before mm-hmm. Jackson Geist came on, and um, and then you had Tom Grummet and Doug Hazelwood on Adventures of Superman and Man of Steel of course was just was, was great fun because that was that was bombastic's art by by John Bogdanove and, and Dennis Jank and you yep. had um every every book even though they were all woven together they were all telling one longish story every book of course had its own unique look but um they all had a different kind of style I mean Superman pretty much sounded the same week in week out regardless of the writer but the writers tended to favor uh certain supporting characters yeah. in their books so yep. so you got to see uh you got to see bibbo in the man of steel oh, you got to bibbo. see uh he's your favorite you got to see uh email hamilton um in in adventures of superman you got the, you got to see Lois and Superman mostly. Jimmy was kind of in. Uh, he'd be sprinkled in throughout, but it was it. It would have been not impossible to just get Adventures of Superman every month, and and you could still you may get part of a story in the ca- in, in the case of Panic in the Sky. It's a part of a larger event, but there are there are as 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 it is later in this book in the aftermath. Um, there's a story with Flashpoint. There's a story yeah. with Husk, and and those are kind of done in one tales, and and so you could still, occasionally, if you're only getting Man of Steel, get a story, uh, um, get a complete story, and then just come back next month. But but again, you are missing a lot because there's a lot to. I mean, you were getting 52 issues of Superman. I mean, that, you can't beat yeah, that. Yeah, right, right. And, you and forgot one character that I'm I'm a little disappointed you didn't mention it in the aftermath. You forgot Helgramite. How could you forget Helgramite? That's true, and that was and that was Jackson Geist's first uh, his his uh, intro into 
joining the creative team. But uh, but yeah, that was and that freaked me out, man. Love was, Helgramite. Yeah. Um, um, it, so I'm glad you mentioned the artists because I have a ranking of two. Oh, I have the best. I have the MVP and I have the weakest link. And oh. it's going to surprise you because you would think that I would go with either Bogdanov. Oh, and there's so much to pick from, like Ordway, uh, Bogdanov, Grummet. Come on. Like, these are all super heavy hitters, right? Or not Ordway, Jurgens. They're, they're all super heavy hitters, but I think Bob McLeod is the MVP. He is. Uh, his, his issues are gorgeous. They really are. I mean, his Supergirl is fantastic. His Superman reminds me of... of uh, it's kind of the Silver Age style, but in in a um, in a more modern setting. Whereas Bogdanov is more Golden Age, but it, yeah. it's I, an yeah, exaggerated. No, I, I, it's a little, little um, Bob Bob's issues were fantastic. They they were clean. They I mean you you we all know how well Bob is his storytelling. We've, yeah. we've read his new movies. We, we've 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 I mean we've we've grown up reading a lot of his work. So so we know the type of work he puts in. And to see him on on Superman and and to do it like just it's I, I imagine effortlessly. I mean, the 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 because he's he's doing issues that are that are taking place in space, and and every issue in this in this book, like oh, I'm going to draw Superman. Okay, great, I can draw one character, but but this event, you've got dozens yeah. of characters, and it's like nobody can phone it in. Everybody had to put on their working boots, and and they all did. And I, I think I would, um. I'll, because when this book was out, uh, Bob would have been the most seasoned professional, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, his 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 work kind of does stand up. And, and again, they all do great work. And, and but a lot of as as I was reading through a lot of the um, a lot of the a lot of the artists are doing um, are doing breakdowns or layouts, and the anchors are doing right. the finishing. And yeah. and it's it's so, so you're not you're not getting necessarily pure Dan Jurgens pencils with inks by Brip reading. So, um, and, and even with the Grummet towards, the, I mean, Grummet and Hazelwood are fantastic. Grummet and, and, and Trevor Scott, I mean, you can still tell it's Grummet. Scott does good work, but, um, but his, there's something it's, his lines are too thin that they are. And, uh, it's, it's, it's like, you know, when you see Alan Davis and, and Mark Farmer, you know that that's perfection. And, and not to say when Paul Neary inks Davis, you're, it's still a, good looking book but there's just something about right that 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 extra line so uh yeah i'm i i i'm with you on mcleod no and doubt. i think the weakest link you can probably guess i'm i'm tempted to say guys exactly i think guys looks terribly out of place it's almost like this is his first work i was like what happened to southern knights dude i'm like and, and i mean in the micronauts and and x-men in the micronauts i yeah. this was i don't know if this was this was rodier um or rodier being heavy or i i'm not sure what what the issue is um he just looks but, like the odd man out like you have yeah. you have bogdanov who's doing these fantastic proportion characters exaggerated and Bogdanov's a little cartoony, which is great. And then you have McLeod, who just sculpts everything to perfection. And then you have Geis, who's just drawing too real. Um, uh, yeah. His that's, his that's... pages with Lois looks like he just picked, uh, ripped a tear sheet out of a Vogue or a fashion magazine. Just drew... nothing from Sarah McLeod. Yeah. But, but the, <laughs> the, uh, it's and and 
I mean, and, and even his his Lex was was a little too. Uh, yeah, it it just it's it stood out because it it was the most realistic, the most referenced issue in the um, yeah in the book. And and Jason just just for so you're aware of, of of the setting, this is Lex Luthor the second. This is Lex's son from Australia. Okay, yeah, yeah, which is really a clone. <laughs> oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah, it's really him. Uh, okay. Spoiler alert! The, yeah, he's, um, he's just playing. Yeah. Now this so, is different than. Is this the same as Alexander Luthor? Or is that the, no, is that the, no, no? Okay. Uh-uh. Alexander Luthor is from from the alternate Earth. That uh, he he's the one who saved the non New Earth heroes at the end of Crisis. He was the reason, right? Why but you said it's different. Than you're saying okay. yeah. yeah, this is completely different. There is right. no there is no Alexander Luthor here really. But um, the uh, but yeah. So so after Lex Luthor the first, uh, the chubby bald dude after he died. His his son miraculously appears, and and apparently you know nobody ever knew about him because he's a bastard from Australia, right? Um, but he is he is completely above board and on the up and up, and he's on the side of the angels, and he wants to help and support Superman. He's got there's no he's not a louse like his father was. He's not underhanded. He's not up to anything nefarious. Um, For a time, he's not. Yeah, because it it really that 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 really suckered me. I I fell for it hook line and sinker and. Yeah. Uh, it was, I mean, it was a great time, but yeah, so, so even, um, so while our heroes are, are more powerful heroes, we'll say are heading into space with the headship to fight war world, um, the more earthbound heroes are, uh, left on earth and, and, uh, to protect and, um, make sure any of the soldiers from War world that are teleported to Earth uh, don't get very far, and and um, and Luthor and 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 Team Luthor basically armored an armored police force, uh, security force. They're they're working with the heroes, and everybody is um, yeah. And I wouldn't be happy to try to save Earth. And there's one panel where they're in the thick of it, and they're 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 fighting the War World warriors and and gangbusters there. And the war world guy goes, "Wow, these humans are tougher than I thought." And I'm like, "Seriously, you're you're fighting gangbuster? <laughs> you must be a terrible warrior." Seriously. I mean, I like gangbuster. I think he's great, but I hated the outfit. Yeah, the the um, there okay. When it's, I thought I knew exactly which version of Double X. I was a massive fan of, and and I really love the way John Bogdanov draws double X. But I have to give Grummet some credit because his like Boggs's version, of course, it's cartoony, yeah. But Grummet's is almost menacing. I mean, he looked like you'd see him in an alley, and you would get startled to jump back a little bit, and and that's fitting, but. I really love the way, even the Guardian. I mean, I, I just, I, I love Boggs' take on, on, yeah, on the Kirby. Me too. And, and it's it's ironic because Grummet would have a lot of practice drawing Double X when the Superboy series starts because Double X was like one of the main supporting characters. So a sure. um, couple things. I had to laugh, and I did out loud. 
because Bogdanov draws Captain Marvel like he just walked out of a Fawcett comic. Yes. Everybody yes, else is, is, you know, Bogdanov style. And then Captain Marvel enters the picture and he's like all cartoony, like, like, like CC Pectrum. It's like, what the hell? And, but, and Grummet draws him, to, you know, more fitting in with it. And, and he's got the, the button with the tunic. And, and I, I, I like when Grummet draws Captain Marvel. Um, but yeah, Bogdanov was that. That's that's exactly what um, what you would have expected. I mean, at primary colors like no shading, just just no flat. Red. Yeah, perfect, just, absolutely it, perfect. It, was, it really was. It was completely different. And um, guy's bowl haircut is is definitely pronounced. Um, the thing with guy in this was uh, they were they they definitely wanted to show that that he he's stubborn, he's arrogant. Um, they didn't really give him his um, his time to shine. It, no, it was it's and and that so he had no redemption arc, and and it was really just you know he's 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 kind of he's 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 the pebble in your boot, and 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 he's just he's grading throughout most of the story, and um, but Maxima knows how to play him because you know guys like he's always been headstrong, and and I'm going to break down this door and, and, and we're going to do it my way, even though everybody else has agreed to the plan guy still has to think his way is better. And, and yeah. it's to the detriment of, 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 of the team, but he, um, he is able to um, kind of see reason from, from time to time. Um, Once in it, a while. it really, it was, it was a ragtag. Cause I mean, when you see, I mean, yes, because of what's going on, and 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 you kind of understand Superman's reasoning to want de- wanting Deathstroke on the team because he wants he wants a general, he wants somebody in the thick of it. He knows this is going to be a a situation where um, things are going to get dirty, and and you want somebody who's not going to flinch at at stepping over the line, and that's definitely Slade Wilson. But to see Slade next to guy Gardner and and uh and captain marvel and and it's 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 weird because then then you fast forward you think about you know things like identity crisis and it's it, it is it is an odd pairing but this is 1992 it's it's uh, deathstroke was the punisher and the wolverine of the dc universe where you know it's 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 that this is what's going to right know, maybe, maybe we'll spike some sales a little bit not, not that you needed it but um I forgot that the Doctor Fate was a woman at this time. Oh, we forgot uh, Doctor Fate. Yeah, and, and uh-huh. did, I don't know if you mentioned Agent Liberty. I did. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, I re- I've you always did? liked. Oh, yep. always liked Agent Liberty outfit. Um, but I'm thinking, General Lane was dead at this point, wasn't he? I think he was. Yeah, so I, he would have been a good substitute for <laughs> a more a more reasonable substitute for Deathstroke. But they, like you said, they didn't put Deathstroke in because he was a tactician. They put Deathstroke in because he was the Wolverine of of the DC universe. So let's get some sales uh, bumped. Yeah. Did you notice <clears throat> that they left that botched panel from Action sixty five the way it was? There's a there's there's a panel when double X and I forget who's next to him. It may have been Draga. They're talking and the the uh, ink lines are totally gone. Oh, did they? Yeah, and I remembered it back in the day. I was like, "What is this?" And they reprinted it verbatim in this trade. They didn't even try to fix it, which is kind of cool. 
I guess. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, damn, there was, um, what I liked about the Geist issue, though, um, was the flashback to the Man of Steel miniseries. Yeah. When uh, when when Lois and Clark had to go went to the went to Lex's yacht uh, for for the event and um, and yeah that flashback tale to uh, I mean he wasn't trying to eat burn but it definitely it 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 just brought me back to uh, to that many as well it yeah. it there's just I mean so much is happening and it's, and it's paced well enough where it's not like any. It's not like Jurgens was going to write the Earth Heroes, and and then Wheezy was going to write the story in space. It's like every issue, it it all yeah. jumps. It's back like and here's forth. where I left off. You pick up. Yeah, yeah. And it's it it is it's it's breakneck. It's it's fast paced. It is. Um, there's just so much. Um, it, it's you really do get um, you bang your buck with 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 this with this book with this event it it was it and was it, crazy and right no it's nice that with everything going on this huge storyline that is action after set piece and more set pieces and more action there's still ample amount of space devoted to the supporting characters which i think is there there are two series that th- i think thrive on the supporting characters, Amazing Spider-Man and Superman. And I've said it for for as long as we've been doing this show. The supporting characters in both of those books are as vital to me as the main character. And I think sure. I think that they they flesh out the 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 reality that Superman and Spider-Man live in wonderfully. Gloria Grant and Jameson and Robbie, like those characters only reinforce the character of Peter Parker. When he interacts with them, he becomes Peter Parker. Right? That that character we all know and love and they 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 bounce off each other. I think Superman is the same way. Do we really love Perry White? I don't know, but he works really well with Clark, right? And Jimmy works great with Lois and, and Clark. Like I I I and uh, Emil Hamilton, right? Um, Bibble, it's that supporting cast that's so rich and so vibrant in the Superman books that I, if you took that out and just made it just straight Superman, I don't think it would work as well. Ne- not nearly as well. I love the scenes in the Daily Planet. And yeah. that's crazy because would you rather see Superman in space fighting aliens? Uh, maybe. But but the the Daily Planet scenes are the alter ego they're the flip side and i think the book needs them i love like jimmy's uh problems with finding a job mm-hmm. and, and the average reader would be like oh come on get on with it yeah your pictures are going to fall down the sewer grate oh no right <laughs> and but but it's so cool he gets a job at news time and then he uses that as leverage to get back into the planet like that's awesome yeah i love I that and uh, speaking of um ties to the past did you know that Panic in the Sky is the title Panic in the Sky is an homage. Did I know that? It's a, a callback to an episode of the George Reeves Adventures of Superman TV no show. No shit. Yeah, it was called Panic in the Sky, aired in 1953. The 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 deal is Superman bats an asteroid on a crash course 
to Earth off its path, and it gets stuck in Earth orbit. Hence the title Panic in the Sky. So War World is coming towards Earth. So you know what I mean? Like they, they use that as a springboard. It's like, okay, this is where we came from. Not only is there a, uh, was there an ongoing at the time called Adventures of Superman, which was a, a, a homage to the, the TV show, but they used the title of an episode for this event. That's awesome. Cool beans. All right. I, I, think- I, found, the, um, I found the panel. Yeah, from- it's nuts. But I don't think, I don't know if that was, I, I read that panel and to me that, that was just to make it show that Draga and Double X were teleporting off the ship. Well, it's horribly done if it is. Because <laughs> you don't get that. It looks like the, the ink layer. It really did. Yeah, it no. looks just like it just broke up. Yeah. And it's not artfully done at all. It, it looks like a flub. Maybe it is the real thing and that's why they left it in. Uh, but to my eyes back in the day and today, it just looks wrong. It, lo- it looks off. To, yeah. uh, to Christland from Earth. Yeah. There was uh, Jurgens replicated his cover from, uh, from an earlier issue to, to issue 66 with all our heroes leaping towards the reader on the cover. And then um, in, uh, a couple issues later, we get uh, the same heroes all being obliterated and, and, and into skeletons running in their um although Superman still ha- they all have hair skulls yeah. all have hair so yeah. well, that's good but it, it's no it was a um it absolutely was a lot of fun it 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 i there weren't it's it's weird there weren't so there weren't really wasn't anything that that kind of made me cringe when i was when i was reading it as far as anything that was dated i mean yeah they they went to a media screening for for the movie singles um there there were a couple of things that were of its time, but the way the characters behaved, the way the way the story unfolded, nothing that it's nothing seemed like nothing seemed hokey. Nothing seemed like it, it's not like I read a golden age story and and it's like well that's just silly. This this felt there was a there was an honest goodness threat and and. Um, and our heroes all had to come together, and it was it was a time when the Justice League had disbanded. So it's not like S- Superman, and this is still a Superman that's. Um, I mean, we're still months away from his death, but this is a Superman that uh, that is still somewhat unsure because he never really sees himself as a leader. Um, it's uh, it's it's he's still. He's one of the most human characters in the book, but it, it's it's a story that um, everybody everybody's fallible in this in the tale, and and that's it, 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 in some ways it's almost like a, a Marvel kind of tale the way the way Marvel treats its heroes. Um, Only better. It's 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 because there have been stories told of of Superman and Batman that that you know they're they're indestructible they're they're invulnerable they they never falter they never you know it's 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 they always have the answer they always know that they're always eighteen steps ahead of their enemy and um and and this is a Superman who at times is unsure and and isn't isn't is is aware of of what his enemies can do. But uh, he's 
there's, there's a lot more on the line here. And, and he's not sure how everybody's going to work together. It, it's not like this is not a well-oiled machine. The, the, these, this isn't a team of heroes that have been working together, you know, for, for, for decades. It's, it's, he assembled them quickly and, and because he figures that this, they're good at what they can do and together they can accomplish this. But, um, you know, it, it's not like they, they didn't have a danger room. There were no practice drills to run through. It was, they, they hit the ground running and, uh, it, could have been a hell of a lot more damage than there was. Um, and it's crazy that, you know, Brainiac wants to bring Warworld to to Earth and because Earth has all these heroes and he'll be able to lord over them. But, you know, it, it, for, for someone who wants the Earth, he, he seems to have just sent... Any other story, they probably would have shown you the Warworld soldiers in Moscow, in Tokyo in other parts of the country in the u.s but but here's just now we're just gonna concentrate on metropolis like only metropolis has buildings that have been damaged that's the only well he's got a boner for superman he so, does so he, he sends does. him to metropolis yeah but but even mongol though i mean he went he, he took care of coast city um well yeah yeah but it, it was no it, this this was a lot of fun i'm glad i got to revisit i'm glad um you know th- this was you can consider this a um Book of the Month extra because this was one of the nominees uh, for this month, and um, and it may have gotten the least amount of votes, but I don't care because we. Still I don't care either. Yeah, I, I just wish that DC would get off their asses, and I said this on the Twitter: start chucking out yes. omnibuses from of the beginning, the, from right from the beginning of the Triangle Era Superman. So start I, start at burn and work yourself they up. They 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 have started with the Man of Steel and well, they, and reprint and done them. the. That, yes, no, I, I I remember seeing it in, in, in a recent preview not that long ago, or DC Connect, and um, but I don't know if they're going to continue that. But yes, they well, absolutely... They should. They should. 100%. And, yeah. and that includes, I mean, and don't stop, and maybe they will now, That uh, and this isn't a segue, but, 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 but with Milestone coming back in February, maybe we'll be able to also get a collection of Worlds Collide. Right. Mm. right. Jason. Speaking of Book of the Month, Vince, Dap, tell them what won, because it's next week. It is next week, isn't it? Yes. What one? I didn't even look. <laughs> um, well, your nominees were, as 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 just mentioned, included Superman, Panic in the Sky. Also, Trinity by Matt Wagner, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman story. Ooh. Punisher, Welcome Back, Frank. Mystery, Volume 1. Global that's, Frequency. That's never going to win. Flaming Carrot, Omnibus Volume 1. Clandestine Classic. Brat Pack. Border Worlds. Booster Gold, The Big Fall. And Black Panther by Christopher Priest, The Complete Collection Volume 1. I was... When 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 the voting started, I was watching this and, and, and there were things that were popping... In first place, second place, and and there was it was a close race for a good long while. Um, the winner was behind for a little while, uh, but but then it was just a, a, a mad rush. In in um, in third place um, was Brat Pack with thirteen percent, which just eked out Booster Gold, which was kind of the one that I was really looking forward to reading, and I'm still going to. But um, Welcome Back, Frank was in second place. And mystery actually got five percent of the votes, Vince. Uh, but number one winner with twenty nine percent of the votes 
is Black Panther by Christopher Priest, the complete collection, volume one. Now, shocking. I, I well, and again, I mean, it 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 it, it could be for a variety of reasons. One of which could be you know, for sentimental reasons, but um, it, we we've we've all touched on we've we've mentioned Priest's Black Panther run in the past. I don't, I don't think we've ever discussed any major arc or, or we've never gone into a deep dive on anything. The the, the first five issues of this collection are the um, is the arc called the client. That's that's the main focus. If if we go beyond that, because there are seventeen issues in this collection. If, if we go beyond that, we'll see how the, how, how the conversation goes, how the episode goes. But, um, earlier this month, and I haven't checked lately, um, but you were able to get every single black Panther, Shuri, Killmonger, the crew, um, anything black Panther, from comic, even the first piece of first appearance from Fantastic Four, they were all available on Comixology for free. So, anybody who voted for it um, should have gone to comics if they don't already own the book. Um, should have gone to Comixology to um, to get the issues. It didn't include the collections. We're not talking about the trades, but you know when he took over the Daredevil comic, um, like I said anything that had Black Panther in the title. Yeah, uh, it, the sale's over, but yeah. Okay, all right, but it was the Priest run, it was the Hudlin run, it was, uh, and that includes the J- Jason Aaron finished series. I mean, it, it's it's. I was all of it. It was the old school total action. It was it was everything. Oh, yeah. So so um, so yeah. So so, hopefully, everybody who voted for it wants to hear us talk about it. If they don't have the issues, they can um, they can read it that way. I don't think I'll dig my issues out. I have it in comics. I might just make my life easier if if I don't decide to to dig them out, but um. I'm I'm stoked. We're, we 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 haven't uh, like I said we've 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 discussed Black Panther, the character. Um, I just don't think we've ever gone deep on on Priest Run, especially. I know we've talked about Priest in recent years, especially with with Deathstroke. We haven't really talked about his Vampirella. We 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 we've talked about a little bit here and there, um, and uh, you know this isn't Quantum and Woody. Unfortunately, I we can still talk about that at a later date. But yeah, I'm I'm um I'm looking forward to that. But yes, that will be that'll be next week. Our book of the month will be Black Panther. I'm so stoked. I mean, we talked about the priest run way back in the day. I mean, like what, like I think Neeson was talking, but in show. broad strokes, right? I mean, like we didn't. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, we've never done a, a deep dive like plot issue. Just more like I think many times you and I have professed our love for that series, but mm-hmm. but. uh yeah, I'm, I, th- I say we do all seventeen issues. I got that shit memorized, fam. So let's let's just let's just go. Yeah, yeah. might as well. All right now, Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, is the reason you introduced yourself as Ultraman uh, contingent on having read the uh, the Marvel issue? You're so perceptive. I know. Mm. I mean, it's good. You sound so excited too to hear about it. You're like, oh, is that really what we're gonna read? Mm. I would like. I would like to hear why why you liked it. Who's to say I liked it? Oh well, then do tell. <laughs> no, I I think we were all really surprised um, when the news broke that Marvel was going to put out an Ultraman comic, right? Because that's not. I mean, Marvel has been consolidating all of the licenses uh, 
you know, we've talked about just just recently we had a long talk about the whole aliens and the you know they seem to be just claiming all of these licenses. Warhammer. Yeah, the Warhammer is the latest, but but I think Ultraman surprised us all. Um, and and I, admittedly, I, I should have confirmed this before we recorded. But my understanding is this is not like they don't own Ultraman. They they this is a five issue limited series that was done in partnership with the uh, with the owners, the Japanese studio that owns it. Um, like the so it is a, it's in a weird way. It's like Marvel's doing a licensed comic. Strangely enough. Um, written by Kyle Higgins uh, and Matthew Groom with art uh, interiors by Francesco Mana with uh, also I think uh, Michael Cho and McGinnis and Guru Hero contribute in different ways there's a back there's a back issue like there's a uh, a second story and there's a, you know the cover art and stuff but but the main the main story is drawn by Francesco Mana uh, pencils and inks um, my understanding is both Higgins and Groom are, um, well-established Power Rangers writers. And I guess that's part of why they like lobbied to do this book because they love the idea of Ultraman as well. Um, so we've only had one issue. We, we should have been through the series by now, but with COVID, we just have one issue. Um, the rise of Ultraman number one which was published last week, September 9th. And I enjoyed it. I, I don't like, I was, jo- I was joking with you when you were like, well, tell me why you liked it. And you seem reluctant. I, I, I wouldn't say I was blown away by it. I think that, I think that the greatest failure of modern comics, how's that for a hot take <laughs> is the trade format. Like yeah. nobody reads trades anymore. Very few people buy trades. And yet, most of the industry is still conditioned to write for the trade. And I just don't get it anymore. Like we're past that, man. Like write awesome issues or save it all and give it, give it, give us no GN, you know? And I think that, that the rise of Ultraman number one suffers from that. It's, it's a pure setup issue. And I just, I'm, I'm actually curious if anyone's listening that read this, that is, has zero to little experience with Ultraman in other forms primarily film, uh, I'd be curious if you were bored to tears because, I mean, I read it, as I'm sure many did, because I am familiar with Ultraman and thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Let's see what their take on it is. And, I mean, it's fine. It's fine, like the, the but but it's 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 just fine, right? Like, it's not, um, Mana's art is, it, it, uh, it dances between photorealism and, romance manga you know it's 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 got a bit like everybody's skin is porcelain smooth everyone's got no imperfections and as a result it looks a little wonky like a little fake you know which is not atypical of what you would have seen in in uh certainly in in, in japanese cartoons that were ported over here as when we were kids so like it's not out of touch with what the cartoon would have felt like if we were watching one when we were younger but it does read as a little art- artificial to me um, in an American comic. Um, we don't really see Ultraman in the first issue, which I think is a colossal failure. Like, I just don't understand that. You know, like, um, in essence, the book starts off with a flashback um, where an alien uh, vessel has landed on the Earth. I think it was the 60s. 
And then we fast forward to modern times and there's now this scientific organization whose job is basically to fight Kaiju. And no disrespect to Mana, like he's a very accomplished draftsman, clearly skilled, but he has one opportunity to draw a Kaiju that they have to fight and it's very, very blah. Uh, it, it's, it's a, it's on model though. Yeah. I mean, but, but it's not, but it's not, I don't know why I, they, they went with him for the right, first it issue. Doesn't yeah. feel, it, it just doesn't feel exciting enough to me. It, it, it looks, it looks too smooth. It, it almost looks like, um, Godzo- like, like a bigger Godzuki with flat mouth. I don't know. Um, but either way, uh, the point is is that is that the, the, this is a setup issue, right? You, you've got you've got a female protagonist. She's kind of a junior scientist within this organization. She's being dragged along to a a, a report of a green alert, which is something they're not used to. Apparently, a green alert means a UFO. So all the things that they've been fighting for forty years have been domestic or interdimensional kaiju. Um, so the green alert means an extraterrestrial UFO, and it's only the second time that this has ever happened on record, with the first being that the flashback that started the book off. And it's this spherical energy-looking construct that uh, comes out of it as the Ultraman in a, in a relatively large size, you know, like the, like the enlarged energy version of Ultraman. And the three humans that are sent to investigate attack it, Shoot it with a with a K ray, and uh, then the the uh, one of the male leads who was kind of dragged into this moment. He isn't part of their crew. Uh, feels bad and and touches the Ultraman, and is presumably absorbs him and becomes the Ultraman, right? Like that, I'm sure that we all know that's where it's going in, in subsequent issues. But um, yeah, like it, you know, to to have a whole one fifth of the story not give us Ultraman, I don't know, man. Like I think that's asking a lot in today's day and age, right? With a million comics and the prices of comics. I just think a friend of mine who does a very popular podcast often says that he's amazed at how, how popular we are because we don't do what you're supposed to do, which is, which he calls gets to fucking right. Which is like, you're like, you should open like most podcasts today that are super popular, just open. They, they don't have a cold open. They just, they get right to the topic at hand and then they, they don't introduce themselves or they, they basically do everything we don't do. And he's always like, I, you guys are like the anomaly. And and I think that this comic suffered from that. Like it doesn't, you, you should have given me, instead of that flashback, like you should have given me a battle with a dope ass Kaiju and Ultraman to reel me in like, this is where we're at now. And then you want to flashback and tell me how we got there. Cool. So I don't know, man, like I pre-ordered it. So I, I I'm, I'm in for three, which means I'm going to buy the, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to buy three and not buy the other two, but uh, I was nonplussed, honestly. Like I'm, I'm still kind of scratching my head as to what the point of it is, or why Marvel, like why Marvel got the license and how they sold it to the studio that owns it, and that the studio was like, oh I, yeah, I have to see this on paper, you know. So I, I hope I'm, I hope that my disappointment in the slow start is ameliorated in the last four issues as we just get to some nonstop badass kaiju fighting. But yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a bit of a whiff as a first issue to draw. If if if. If we're in a world where first issues are still meant to draw new readers in, I'm not sure we are anymore with the direct market. But if if there's still that idea that like someone's going to go to their store, pick that issue up on spec, read it, and then decide to buy the other four, I think it probably failed. Hmm. Interesting. You disagree? Uh, not at all. 
No. Oh. No, I I agree with everything you said about the uh front of the book. Mm-hmm. I don't like the aesthetic at all. Mm-hmm. Um no offense to the creative team. I just don't like the way it looks. Uh Yeah, like it's not bad, right? Like that's No, it's not bad at all. It's just the style that doesn't like float my boat. Yeah, there's a there's yeah. a sheen to it that I'm not right, crazy about. Exactly. It's smooth. It's it's almost shiny. It's almost like it almost looks like it should be in a video game. Like it's it's 3D rendered, you know, right. like in that way. Yeah. I mean, they're, 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 the expressions are really nice. Um, the, the um, what's his name? I, fr- I don't want to um, underplay his work because uh, I think there's there's definitely skill at work here. Uh, the, the the facial expressions are great. The, the Francesca Yeah, the the layouts are fine. I, I just I, I think they missed the boat by not going with like. Red King or Alien Baltan or or uh, even Alien Metron, like one of the instantly recognizable ultra kaiju. Like, why not go with a tried and true? I, I forget the name of the, the kaiju that's in here, but he is, it's canonical that it's very much on model. It's just not one of the more um, uh, jaw-dropping designs from the original Ultraman. The, the first half of the book, I... I don't like it very much. I think where the book knocks it out of the park is Ultra Q. I would buy the fuck out of an Ultra Q series. By oh, it looked great. Yeah, by I, Michael Cho. I, I, yeah. I do a disservice by not mentioning it. No, that, that, the back, the B story looks incredible. Yeah. And Bemular, come on. Like, that's the one to go with. Go yeah. with Bemular. I just think I, I, lo- I love the aesthetic of the the backup story. I think it's wonderful. If the entire book was like this, I would be right. singing from the rooftops. Go mm-hmm. buy this book. Yeah. Um and even the the little kaiju steps, it's cute. Mm. But no, I mean uh, it, it's fun and it works. Um I think the the double page Rise of Ultraman spread um it looks like McGinnis actually did it. He did. did it, McGinnis yeah, did. yeah, I think that's great. Like that's super. If McGinnis was drawing this book, shut up. I I would be all over it. Uh, but like Pigmon is great. You need to have Pigmon in an in an ultra Kai, an Ultraman book. Pigmon, Garamon, like there there are uh, Kaiju, ultra Kaiju that bubble to the surface time and time and time again for that very reason. Alien Baltan has been in almost every Ultra series because. He's awesome, or they're awesome, right? It's just I I don't understand the approach to this. It, it the, the the first story is extremely alienating to me, and I and I, I guess it's it's all in the presentation. I just think it does the visuals do not fit what I want to see from Ultraman. Yeah, it's like it's funny. I was sit, sitting here thinking, and I know it's uh, I know with uh, like D- Dapple understand this. You know, one of the things that. Uh, wrestling fans are prone to do is a fantasy booking right and and it's it's often cringy i was fantasy booking this as i was reading it thinking oh man like who would i've really liked to have seen draw this and i thought of guys like stoko or grampa like i want to see this raw i want this organic you know like matthew allison yeah like i want to see the kaiju i want the kaiju to to gross me out and blow me away like i want i want to understand why this organization has been built for decades to fight these beings that otherwise would destroy the earth. And, you know, Ultraman is 
you know, it's a great design, but I don't think it's a challenging design for someone like of their quality, right? The more challenge is to use your imagination to draw these these mind bending monsters, right? And uh, yeah, no. So I think we're of like yeah. mind. I just I, I don't want to besmirch it, like in the sense of like it, 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 I could totally see this floating a lot of people's boats. Like there's a lot of people that love that style, right? Like it's the it's you know what it's like. It's funny. It, it, um, art germ, you know, art germ. Stanley Lau is one of the five most sought after variant cover artists. He makes right. absolute bank doing these variant covers that people go out of their way to spend $20, $30, $50 at their store to buy that cover. And I've never understood it. Like, as you know, I own a shit ton of commissions, and I've never once even been interested in trying to get an art germ because it's just so pretty. Like, it's so – it looks fake and smooth, and I feel like that Mana it draws it that way. And, and that tells me that there is a whole group of comic readers that probably find the art style to be, like – amazing like it's probably like one of their favorites but but it's just totally on the other end of the spectrum for me yeah i love the cover i think it's one of alex ross's all-time best paintings i love it is it. a really nice cover yeah. i love the cover yeah and now if they made that into a poster that would be on my wall nice i love it i think it's well it's alex ross he has a he has a knack for these things right sure um design execution it's just stellar it's i cool. feel like he's got a bit of a renaissance what with the Immortal Hulk covers and all that? Well, not that he's ever, yeah, not that he's ever stopped working. I guess what I mean is like a renaissance in my appreciation of him. I think he's timeless. Yeah, I think I think um, waves of fandom come and go, and mm -hmm. they they discover his work, and then he gets a, a boost, and then you know people cycle in and out all the time. But um, for cover work, Alex is one of the best. That's just testament to it with that cover. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Love it, love it, love it. Um, but you know, I was super enthused when, uh, but guarded because it is coming from Marvel. I, I don't like the fact that Dan Moraboshi is in the past and this, this kid is now, mm -hmm. uh, that's just, no. There uh, were lots of Ultraman though. There were, but this is Ultraman. This is not Ultra 7. True. true you know, true. come on. Um, so uh, you want to, you want to bust my balls about being in canon it's it's hard to stray from the OG, so uh, I yeah. don't know. I, I again, I expected a lot, maybe too much, and I got half an issue of of gold and the other half. Uh, just mm -hmm. it's just not for me. Yeah, you goaded me into talking about a book that I neither of us really loved that much. That's okay. <laughs> uh, we're keeping it honest, right? Um, yeah. And again, uh, try it. You may like it. I'm not going to say don't buy this book. It's it's not uh, artistically sound. It certainly is. It's just not what I'm looking for in Ultraman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. I'm glad really? I I'm glad I asked you. I'm glad you did too. I am too. Aw, <laughs> we're all glad. Oh, glad and shit. So what else did you read before? David and I run. Oh, did, wait. Did, did you read the Return of Milestone number zero? No, but not because I don't want to. I actually have it here. I, I have not read it though. Well, I mean, but there's it's a zero issue, so you buy all of spoil away. Uh, well, okay. Rich, written by Reggie Hudlin. I don't know the man, but I'm still going to call him Reggie. Uh, yeah, he, he's worth Reginald, but go ahead. Uh, written by Reginald Hudlin, mm -hmm. with art by Jim Lee, Dennis Cowan, Bill Sienkiewicz, Ryan Benjamin. 
Jimmy Palmiotti, Coy Pham, Scott Hanna, and Don Ho, who illustrates with tiny bubbles. Uh, color, I'm sorry, it's too easy. Uh, color art by Hi-Fi, Alex Sinclair, and Chris Sotomayor. It's exactly what a zero issue um, should be. It's basically a primer. Did we lose someone? Oh, no. Got to pee. Uh, it, it's basically a... Why would you go pee on Milestone? But whatever. It, it's basically a primer for the Milestone universe from the mouth of Icon and Rocket. If you're going to have somebody lay out the specifics of the Milestone universe, it should be Icon and Rocket, right? Uh, you get a little bit of who they are, how they met, um, a little bit of insight into Icon's character, the fact that he's not playing around, uh, and he's not one to mince words. He basically tells the people of Earth, you know, there's a reason why you haven't really been visited by alien civilizations. It's not because your technology isn't advanced. It's because your morality isn't. Um, you're not in line with the rest of the universe. Your morality sucks. You lack love. You lack compassion. You lack understanding. There's no tolerance here. You're basically barbarians, right? And I think that does a disservice to the, the barbarian. But anyway, um, and then he slips into Batman mode and reveals to uh, Rocket that he's been surveilling all of the heroes. Uh, and here's who they are mostly and that's basically it i mean you get uh insight into a, a racist vigilante we um virgil hawkins pops in as static uh david kim and his lady kelly who uh david kim was originally zombie but it looks like the origin has been tweaked a little bit here uh from the original because uh it looks like the nanites are still there but the two David and Kelly seem to share the same body in this, which is kind of neat. And I'm very interested to see what they do with that. Um, and so it's different from the, the OG Milestone universe, but it's still in that zone. Uh, it's it's a slight book. What is it, David? 16 pages? 16 or so pages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's I, I, I'm I'm so excited not for what it is because there's really not much to it. Right, it's it's mostly an investigation into the re relationship of Icon and Rocket, Rocket's reaction to all these heroes and and this potential villain with this vigilante. We don't know who he is. Um, I sounded like Jerry Stiller when I said that, uh, but it's 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 basically it, it, you throw this in front of someone who has never encountered encountered the Milestone characters before, and they'll get their footing for February twenty twenty one when all the Icon books start to come out milestone books or i'm sorry milestone books that's 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 what it is it was a, this was a freebie that dc just here take it read it love it share it um you got some really super major players on this jim lee does a couple pages like come on um of course if, if we're putting gas in the wayback machine dennis cowan and bill sinkevich what I, I just think it, it it was a wonderful seed to plant. I don't think it was a really wonderful issue per se because it it was just reiteration of mostly re reiteration of stuff we already knew. But to see it filter through the, the modern lens of 
creators who had worked on the original Milestone books was wonderful. And I'm so excited. I mean, it, it wasn't a revelation, was it to you? Um, no, revelation would be a strong word. Um, I... Milestone is one of those things that um, it it perfect storm. It just came at the right time for me. It 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 um, it tapped into something that um, heretofore I'd never had been able to um, get from the books I was reading. So it's. I'm not going to say it's sacred cow. I'm not trying to say that I'm I'm a purist in any sense because it's that, that was the '90s and 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 times have changed and we've. You know, I'm not trying to go home again, um, and obviously we can't live in that era, especially with the way DC proper has moved on with reboots and relaunches and everything. So if we're going to move forward, we'll bring it all forward. So and instead of trying to get somebody new or to introduce this imprint, these characters, this universe to someone, you shouldn't bog them down with, Hey, read something that came out in the nineties. That was fresh and relevant then. And might seem a little dated now. So, so I'm fine with the zero issue in the sense that hopefully this will give somebody in a few months time, something to check out that, that would be fresh and relevant to today. So I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that, with my old man eyes, I'm looking at things and I'm like, I'm not really keen on Icon's new look. Um, I mean, right off the bat, when you get to the credits page, it's like you see Jim Lee's name. He's done, he does the first two pages. And I turn the page and the art does look a little different because it's just straight up Jim Lee. There's no Scott Williams. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. And I might get to the second page and there's that that slight, maybe sort of kind of Dark Knight Returns homage panel. And it looks fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm all on board. It, it, it's pretty true to the icon origin and, and his relationship with with Rocket. Um, Rocket's always been his human tether. He's she's always the one who has been there to tell him, tell him like it is. Um, and you know, we do, there's, there's that hint of the big bang that gave everybody, everybody their powers. Um, you get, yeah, I was a little surprised that, um, we didn't get any hardware. Um, I was looking for Curtis. I'm like, where's my man Curtis? Yeah. He's 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 not here at all. He's there. He's there in one bubble next to Dharma, but that's it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, great. So we get zombie, but no hardware. We get the introduction, or or we get this appearance of, um, of a new vigilante, who stalks criminals or those he thinks are criminals, and um, what what he hunts is at least as far as this issue goes, are uh, um, mixed couples. mixed mixed race yeah. couples. Um. So maybe he's a five percenter, but you have um, the, uh, the the two pages. There were two pages that were written by Greg Pak, um, 
and you know, I, I I'm here for. The, I, I I love the setup. I you know, you, you you dangle this in front of me, then yeah, I, I got to find out where we're going. There wasn't anything in here that was like. No, this ain't gonna be for me. I'm. I. I need to know more right now. Um, I don't want to wait till February. It, it absolutely did its job, and 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 without a doubt, I'm definitely here for it. Um, it's it, it's and it's a me thing. You say milestone, and and I'm going to expect certain boxes to be able to take off. And it, it, it's just like when when Dwayne McDuffie brought Icon into the justice league when 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 he had his run and it's like you know yeah it was icon and and i recognize these characters and um it was great to see them play together but there was still because it's my baggage there was still something that um it didn't bring everything with it it was just it was icon and and it's like yeah but there's there's you know but but it's icon but it's also and blood syndicate and hardware is, and you know, so, so that's, that's my hurdle. That's my hang up. I'll, um, I, I am not going to say that, you know, no, if, if it's not going to be that, then we shouldn't have anything like that. I'm so happy it's coming back. Um, I, I think it's in great hands. I don't know if Reg, I don't know if Hudson's going to be necessarily the showrunner or if he's, if, if, um, he's orchestrating it like Hickman on X-Men and, and, you know, other writers are going to participate. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to, I don't even know if, if it's something that that priest would be interested in. I mean, he is, he is a founder, but, uh, you know, Joe Illich recently said that he's coming to, uh, do some heavy metal work. So I don't know if, in you know, when the time comes, if priest would even want to revisit these characters, but, um, you know, I'd love to see, John Paulion come back and uh, and work on on the book, um, you know. But 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 you have Cowan here, and that's perfect. And and he should absolutely be there um, on the first day, hitting it out of the park. But yeah, no, I'm I, I this is this is mostly I'm not bagging on this issue at all. I absolutely loved it. I'm I'm I just I have a tendency to when 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 milestones broached, and I have to I can't get out of my way so it's um it's if you can get this issue i absolutely recommend it because if um if it's a sign of things to come then i can't wait to see what we got coming um they're preaching to the converted uh, or or to, to the choir with you and i so th- this issue could have been 16 pages of pinups and we'd be like, yes, <laughs> milestone. But but if you pull back and look at it with a, a, a more critical eye, I don't think it's Dennis's finest hour. I, I, I yeah. think I think some of his. Oh, no, oh, but, oh OK. I mean, he, you, you've got the um, there is the, the, this 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 was right because he tweeted this. I mean, the, the pages with the vigilante um, that's inked by Bill. So that. Right is what we're used to but i think the um the meat of it the main the main portions that he he pencils with with icon and rocket jimmy palmiotti took the brushes out of mothballs to ink that right right i mean so it's great to see them together but no i, I definitely get your point yeah no, it's, I, it's, I just uh, when when i think dennis i think either hardware you know uh, the the expressionism of hardware and the complexity of that book and 
the fact that Dennis always used to wow me with his layouts as well as his 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 mark making. I just think some of these pages with Icon and Rocket they're a little spare. You know, there, there's one that's basically just talking heads. Yeah, and it's. Like, I mean, they're, they're, they're in a room where you know they're just it's it's a very it's a cool room with with, with the blue who you all around it, but it it's you know they're watching screens and they're just yeah it, they're just talking so it is just them. It, it could have been it could have been almost like a who's who in the milestone universe, and they just could have you know had had little heads pop up in the corner of a page when you break down someone's um, potential abilities, but. Uh, I, I I see your point. Yeah, going that. by the, the 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 word count, um, that one page that's that's uh, divided into quadrants, giant heads. I mean, he mixed up the perspective a little bit. That's cool, but yeah, I I, I think that's a wasted page. It's just it, there's really not much established on that. With the one page, with the one panel, he's just pointing. Yeah, you know, and and again, to use zombie at the at the as as a hook, zombie was really. Zombie wasn't a great selling title even within the milestone. And it was towards the yeah, end. True. Yeah, so I, 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 I understand they're trying to break new ground, but they're, so they're, the milestone fan of me is like, oh, they could do no wrong. This issue is just phenomenal. It's great. It's going to bring a lot of people in. So I'm super excited for the milestone universe. But as as someone who likes to. Uh, get into the meat and potatoes of the art form and critically dissect the issue and look at the way it was presented. I think there's a lot of things that they could have did better with this. It's there's, there's a, there's a lot of wasted real estate in this book. Big, big, massive heads uh, with, with maybe a six, six word sentence uh, in the, in the, it's just, it's, it's odd, but the static sequence is great. I think that they knocked it out of the park with the static sequence. The rest of it is just look as I mean, it's it's just it it's okay, you know. It, 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 I'm underwhelmed by the a lot of the presentation here. Eh, that's whatever. Then maybe I, I I'm expecting more. But when I think Dennis, I I'm looking at the 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 question book and I'm like, this does not even look like the same guy. Yeah, uh, you well, know, in some of the, not not in the in the in the line work, in, in just the approach that, yeah. to 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 sculpting the the interior of the panels and making everything balanced and look look great. I just think there's a lot of, if half your panel is a fountain fill, you know, like a blend of color, you're wasting that panel. You know, I I don't know. I I don't want to be too critical because it is milestone. My pom-poms are out and I'm shaking them. You can't see me, but I am. I just wish this this issue was more visually attractive for the people that aren't milestone converts. Right? I got you. Yeah. Yeah. But they got my money. You know, there could be an entire first issue of Icon taking a poop. And I'd be like, hey, (laughs) sign me up, man. I'm there. Yeah, he poops. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we'll have to see what Jason says when he reads it. For sure. Yeah. I am excited. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So they listen to us. Maybe they'll they'll make good on the Superman omnibus because we've been... We've been trumpeting the milestone for a while. 
And they finally said, hey, those guys, 11 o'clock comics, they really want more milestone books. Let's get them done. Jim Lee said, oh, those guys? All right, I'll do a couple pages. See how it works? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's my fantasy land. So what else do we have? Jason, Um, you did a massive reread. You put some gas in the Wayback Machine recently, too, didn't you? Oh, yeah. No, I did. I did. I mean, I yeah, I'm not sure... I'm not sure I want to go deep on that tonight because I I want to read some more of it. Okay. To kind of but but yeah I mean and I alluded to the bit last week as well but yeah I I've been on a nostalgia kick I read I've been well I read seventy issues of the Joe GI Joe series from Marvel <laughs> and then I am through twenty five issues of the Marvel Transformer series. Damn. Which wow. I'll never ever stop loving every time I reread it the. The number one in the four issue limited series. That's right. Yeah, it's the best. Um, oh, they're taking the Punisher format for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll speak on that. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm you trying know, to. I'm tr- I, I want to. Just, it's just like a journey. I wanted to see, and I talked about this the last week, a little bit last week with Dap and Sean. Like I, I, I the 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 Joe, the first like twenty five issues of Joe. <sighs> They didn't age well, I don't think. I don't. I don't. I don't. I remembered them as being far better and cohesive and exciting than they are now, um, which I think was more about my excitement at the time for the, the 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 toys and the cartoon and and just seeing that in comic form. I was able to look through it in a way that that I can't now. Um, like to me, the the the, the silent issue, the twenty first issue, is like it, it is so stratospherically different in terms of quality both in art and pacing to what comes in those first 20 issues it's 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 almost like a, oh thank god like okay now we're getting somewhere um you know but uh yeah so so but i am i am on a little nostalgia kick right now because uh i don't know i'm just feeling it i love it yeah i want to i read the first issue and i wanted to um i want to know if i need to Go back and keep reading it. But do you want to talk about Philadelphia? Uh sure. I mean, yeah, you've only read the one issue though? Yeah, and I wasn't sure how I felt about the hook at the end. That that's why I didn't continue. But so I want to know if it if if it if I bailed too soon. I don't know if it it, it I, I want to know what they did with it, basically. Yeah, well, because I mean, I read I read the trade, so I'm trying to think what the first issue's hook would have been. Let's see, uh, the um, reveal of uh, Dad at the end of the first issue after uh, Son goes to the morgue. Like, who actually like like what the you'll 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 you'll, you'll probably reveal it when when you're talking about it. But it, it's it wasn't such a straightforward um, murder cop murder police kind of mystery. Oh uh, but, right, but the, yeah the the, 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 the yeah, yeah, you mean you mean when he when he unearths supernatural his dad. He, unearths, he unearths his dad, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um well no, I, so I I was buying this book and and it's a bad thing. I I I I'm guilty of this a lot. I I start buying a book and then with every intention of, oh, I'll read the first issue or two and see if I want to keep with it. And then because we all have giant Rajana piles and other things come up like theme episodes or books of the month or whatever you know, these series just stack up. And next thing I know, I've got whole arcs or even longer than that runs of books. I literally don't even know if I'm going to enjoy uh, it's, and it's, it's terrible, but, uh, but it is what it is. And I've, I'm at this point, I'm going to assume it's never going to change because it's been that way forever. 
Um, but but Philadelphia was was one that could have been that because I was buying it on spec based on the fact that Rodney Barnes was the writer and that Jason Sean Alexander was was the artist. I know uh, we don't need to sell Vince on the glory of Jason Sean Alexander as an artist. Hell no. Um, and um, so uh, you know, I, I knew it was a vampire themed book written by Rodney Barnes, who I'm a fan of his work in other mediums, and drawn by Jason. So I thought, okay, well, th- this is not going to be a, a, a debacle, right? I mean, it, it may not be something that I adore, but but I'm not going to be disappointed that I invested some shekels in the first few issues. Um, and, and I'm 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 very I'm actually very very happy that I I stuck with it. I'm still getting it. Um, uh, it it's you know, you alluded to it. The first issue is, is essentially a murder. It sets up a murder investigation where, um, a, a, a detective's dad was killed, who was also a cop in a, in a, by all accounts, an acclaimed, incredibly accomplished police officer. And his son is in another town. And it's clear that he is a, he had had a, um, tumultuous relationship with his dad, trying to live up to his legacy, so forth, so on. But his dad's dead now, and he's going back to investigate his father's death in Philadelphia. And I should say that's the other reason I was intrigued by this book is because I, I as you guys know, I've lived in New Jersey uh, for the entirety of my life, save for the four years that I lived in Philadelphia. So I have I have some love for, for that city. Um, so I'm a fan of cop procedurals when done well um, in any medium. And this very much is of that ilk, at least with, with, at the start. And so I was a fan of it. It felt comfortable to me in terms of the, the setting and the plot and the pacing. And, and uh, you've, got your, you've got your protagonist detective. You've got uh, the medical examiner who's – he has some sort of friendship and maybe more past with. And um, they're investigating these murders and, and, and the – the murder, the victims are uh, dis- disanguinated, right, um, with bite marks all over. So it's it's pretty clear from Jump that we're dealing with vampires, and then you actually see the vampires in in scenes before the before the human characters in the book see them. You 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 the reader see them, so you know that that's what we're dealing with. Um, and I will say, as is not uncommon with a writer or screenwriter. Or, or television writer who ports over to comics, the book does at first suffer from a bit of verbosity. There are pages largely rendered in like note form where he's reading his dad's diaries or he's reading journals where it's very wordy, like a third of the page is words, mm-hmm. prose. Um, so I'm not going to say like, I'm not going to put him off the hook for that. Although I wasn't too surprised. And I will say I felt, and again, I read all this. I read the whole first arc in one sitting. So, so I felt though by the by by the middle of the first arc, he found his groove, and I would either stop noticing it or I stopped caring. But, but I didn't. It, it didn't put me off throughout the whole arc. Whereas in the first issue, I thought, oh, this is a bit of a slog at points. Um, and then, yeah, as you as you say, he he he's kind of he's kind of going on his journey, and then he digs up his dad. Uh, in the grave and he opens up the casket and his dad is sitting in there with eyes a glowing cross arm saying what took you so long boy um and then from there in the rest of the arc his dad is alongside them um helping with the investigation 
Um, and as a vampire, he needs to drink blood, so they have to keep finding him sources of blood so he doesn't want to attack them. Um, and uh, we're introduced to other characters who, other vampires, and we get we get a sense there from um, from who's you know for who's driving all of this. And um, and I I can't remember if we find out in the first issue who's driving it or not, but. Um, no, not in the first issue. We don't. Oh, okay. So, so, so the, the hook though, and I think what really makes it cool is that the leader of the vampires is John Adams as in the president. Oh shit. Yeah. And John Adams is a serious case of, um, what might've been because from his vantage, he was the most disrespected of the early founding fathers. And his vision for America was bastardized and he became a vampire and has slowly over the last 200 years been building up this plan to essentially wipe out humanity because humanity isn't fit to live the American dream (laughs) as he sees it. And I love that. I think that's pretty neat. I mean, I like I like the premise and it's cool. Like you see him morph through the years um, from the guy you would picture in your history books to now, and now he's like a shaved, shaved-headed dude in a in a three-piece suit, looking dope as fuck. Um, Red pit vampire interview the yeah. vampire. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I liked it a lot, man. I, I it's a, it's basically a vampire conspiracy book drawn by Sean Alexander, Jason Sean Alexander, and and, and that's a win-win for me. Um, and the first arc is satisfying, but it really does just set the table for more to come. There's, there's a lot of questions left unanswered, which I think is cool. And, um, I think the book is like rawly graphic. I mean, there's a scene where, I mean, you'd like this one, Vince, where, where there's a, a brothel and, um, basically John Adams wife is also a vampire and she's, and, and she's, she runs a brothel and she's got all these powers to be getting, absolutely like ridden hard and, you know, full inflagrante drawn. And then like, of course they turn in they're, they're actually vampires and they just, they just literally like eviscerate their victims. I mean, there's just guts and blood and bodily fluids everywhere. And well, why would uh, you think I would like that? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah. And, and I, and I think it leaves us, the, it leaves the, the, the arc on a huge cliffhanger and um, kind of a holy shit moment. And, and I think that uh, that I, yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, I, I think that the the other cool thing is that the the villain is an old colonial white dude who wants his vision of America realized, and the heroes are all uh, people of color, like living in the modern world. And I think there's a metaphor there, and uh, yeah. it's not you know not by mis- not obviously not it's 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 really not not by accident. So um, yeah, no, I'm I'm. I'm totally on board it. I I think I've always enjoyed Jason Sean Alexander's art, but admittedly not being a spawn reader on the regular, I haven't seen get I have I've I've I haven't gotten to see him tell a story as much as I've seen him do renderings, right? Like I've seen a million of his commissions and um so it was fun to see him as a storyteller. Um I know for people like Vince that have read Spawn with him on it, like it's not a surprise. We we know that he's very talented. Yeah, it's a high uh, point. illustrator. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but 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 this is it's just for me. This is great for me because I again I'm not a Spawn guy. So, um, yeah, you know the thing about him is that he 
I wouldn't be all surprised if some contingent of listeners think that he's too photorealistic. I mean, this this book definitely has that vibe. I mean, you kind of find yourself wondering which famous people Jason used as the models for some of these characters. But to his credit, and the way I, I personally, my 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 litmus test for photorealistic illustrators is I don't want to be able to know who you used. Like, I'm cool with you using photo ref and like these people looking like they're digitally altered real people but i don't want to immediately know which actors you used because that takes me out of it and i didn't find that with this none of the none of the main characters struck me as oh he's using robert downey jr right or oh he's using tom Selleck. like none of that was clear to me so either they're actors i'm not familiar with or he's not or he was modifying them enough that, that it didn't didn't seem like he was just Skyping photos from Google search, you know? Nice. So. Yeah. He doesn't play that. Yeah. I mean, to your question, Dap, I would, I would at least try the second issue. I mean, because <laughs> yeah. the first issue no, doesn't, like you said, doesn't even introduce John Adams. So apologies for the spoiler, but no, but, like, that's fine. but, that's... but yeah, but like once, cause once that hits, I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Like, Oh, I like that. You know, like that's neat. Cause this has been a multi hundred year plot. Like he's been slow building it and how they're going to stop him, And you know, so, and the idea was, it's very symbolic. He wanted, they wanted to do it in Philadelphia they essentially, I, I probably, I should have made this more clear. Um, throughout the whole first arc, Philadelphia is under attack. I mean, the vampires have come out of hiding, and essentially they've laid waste to Philadelphia. Philadelphia has been ransacked. Uh, it's, it's like the strain, right? It's like they, they, the whole city's pretty much been destroyed by vampires at this point as they're doing this investigation. So, um, but it's clear that the, that that Adams chose Philadelphia because that's where the founding fathers did all their stuff uh, in terms of the formative formation of our country and and from that um he wanted he wanted that to be the symbolic first place that the vampires start to take over you know that makes sense i like it a lot that's that's cool yeah yeah for sure and it's still going on i think we're what through up to 10 issue 10 i think at least is i think i think 10 just hit the shelves or is soon to hit the shelves so it's still going strong i gonna put my dennis miller hat on for a second mm. Like opening the lament configuration, there's a lot of hooks here for me. Jason Sean Alexander's the first, right? For sure. Vampires would be the second. Sure. Uh, I never read a vampire book I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And the subtext, the the racial subtext, would keep me invested in the book. Right. So yeah, I don't I don't know why I haven't read this yet. I get it because to Dap's point, now that you say that, Dap, I. The first issue, I remember sitting down to read and just thinking, I must not be in the mood. And then thinking, I, you know, I'll come back to it. And I think it because it is a wordy bitch and there's a lot of setup. And I thought, eh, this might be a slog. I don't know if it was. I didn't have the actual physical copy in my hand. So this mm-hmm. may have been the image PDF, but I disliked dad's handwriting immensely. It, was all, it wasn't impossible to read, but I was like, why am I struggling to read this? So maybe yeah, the actual yeah. physical copy is clearer. Right. Well, and the good news is there isn't beyond that. For, there isn't a lot of that, like okay. beyond that first issue, right? It's because that makes sense. Dad's alive. Dad's back. I don't know. I may be in the minority, but I like a lot of words. You know, if you could keep I don't me. I like words. If, yeah, if I you won't keep, be able to read the words. Well, if you can keep me entertained for an extended, like the what's the average single issue reading time whatever 20 minutes if you could stretch that out 
that's just more value for my dollar. Like I don't want an entire I don't want the equivalent of Eric Larson's letter page on every page, but it's sometimes it's nice. Sure. Mhm. So there you go. Love it. All right. Well, I think we should back into the spot because uh we're close to two and a half and that's pretty much the going rate these days, right? Please, if you want to get your comics far less than what everybody else is paying, there's only one place to go, and that's Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. One more time, DCB, as in boy, service.com. Get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your very door. Write these down. From DC, Amazing World of Superman, the tabloid edition hardcover, nine ninety nine. Captain America by some guy named Jack Kirby. It's an omnibus. It's 568 pages. It'll only cost you 50 bucks. That's half off the cover price. And from Boom, a new miniseries. It's called Origins, number one of six, cover price $3.99. You're going to pay $1.99. Get out of town. DCBService.com. In your travels, I am not going to get anywhere near the story in this book because I want to talk about it next week but i implore these other two guys and you the listener to read from dark horse written by the man himself the man that happened way back when at marvel on this property he's not drawing it but he's writing it evan dorkin with art by roger langridge it's bill and ted are doomed number one Yep, got it right here. Ah, uh, it was so freaking good. Awesome. Yeah, and it's 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 a nice dense apple. It's a sweet, sweet, crunchy, dense apple. I loved it. Nice. And it, it he's not straying too far from both the movies and his original series for Marvel. So Bill and Ted are doomed. Number one, Evan Dorkin, Roger Langridge, talking about it next week. Read it. I will. I know nice. you will. The other guy probably will. <laughs> Station. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I can work with that. Um, I forgot this had already been released. And I was prepping dinner tonight. And my wife comes upstairs from work. And she's like, did you get this comic? And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? Because she had sent me a text, but I didn't see it. Um, did you get it's a bird? I was like, what are you talking about? What do you like? Where'd you see that? She's like, you know, the Chris Cooper. I'm like, no, I didn't think that was. She's like, no, they said it's out. So, so apparently she's more in the know than I am these days. But <laughs> represents it's a bird. It's a DC digital first, and it is by Christian Cooper. Pencils by Aletha E. Martinez. Inks by Mr. Mark Morales. Colors by Emilio Lopez. Um, Christian Cooper, if you forgot or are unaware, was the uh, gentleman, the former Marvel Comics editor, who was bird watching uh, and was. A video went viral because a uh, a white woman was going to accuse him of uh, threatening her when she 
call the police and um it all came to light and 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 um and this is basically this is a 16 page short story um about Jules who is borrowing his grandfather's um binoculars that uh, his father Jules's father is handing him to go bird watching um grandfather had these during um, the Korean War uh, and during the civil rights protests. And Grandpa said they had special powers. He's like, okay, yeah, whatever, Dad. So um, he's like, well, you can aff- I can afford to buy you a new pair once I sell your PlayStation. So Jules so, so is like, yeah, I'm out. And, and he takes the binoculars and he starts to um, head for the park. And he looks through the binoculars and he sees a, um, a scarlet tanager. And he... Um, as he peeks through, he's looking at the bird, but then there's a vision of a gentleman coming through one of the lenses, and and he sees Jules isn't quite sure what to make of it. And he looks again, and he's like, "I'm imagining things." But then the the image of the gentleman uh, we turn t- turns out is um, is Amadou Diallo, and mm. he looks. He's like, I'm, I'm, I must be seeing things, and and he's like, he's like, no, I, I can't, I don't know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm gonna keep walking, I'm gonna keep looking, and he, um, he sees a bluebird, and when he looks through binoculars, he sees Brianna Taylor, shot in her bed, and off panel, we hear somebody scream, hey, "You there? What are you doing, Jules?" Tells this elderly white gentleman it's public land. He's like, yeah, but you're up to no good, boy. It's my property. goes up against this land, and I don't want no hoodlum case in the joint. So I basically get to step and keep moving. And um, and then Jules finds a yellow warbler. And, um, and when he looks through it, he sees Big George, who uh, for eight minutes and 46 seconds was telling police officers he couldn't breathe. And uh, he keeps walking his heads down. And before, and then he gets to the protect the wildlife area, where there's a sign that says dogs must be leashed at all times. And this dog comes barreling through the bush. Um, and this, uh, this white woman in her jumpsuit talking to a friend on the cell phone. She's like, I got to call you back. Rex is, uh, is a handful. And Jules tells the woman, you know, ma'am, the dogs in the area need, need to be leashed. And, and she's like, you a park ranger? No, then I don't have to listen to you. And he's like, no, you don't understand. There's signs everywhere. There's protected wildlife. And, and she's like, you know, Rex needs his exercise. You can mind your own business. And and then she's she gets in his face. Like, you threatening me. I'm going to call the police. And and he um, he's standing there and he's listening to this. And in the background, there's a montage of people of color who were executed by police. And... Uh, and 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 he just he kind of turns around and he just keeps trying to go about his business and and she's yelling off panel and he um he 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 just looks up in the sky and everybody's an angel and um and basically the whole issue is in memoriam to those uh who um were unjustly killed but it was it's it's it is basically a a dramatic reenactment of Christian's uh, 
morning that day. Um, he uh, he actually the binoculars he was using at the time were a fiftieth birthday gift from his father, who was a civil who is a civil rights activist uh, and a Korean War vet. So um, there's, there's a lot of personal going on with this story as well. Um, and then uh, we get some quick little recaps of uh, Amadou and Brianna's and uh, George's life before they were taken. Um, and then a list of a few others like Eric Gardner, uh, Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland, and so on. So yeah, this was um, this was one that uh, not it's unfortunate that something like this has to um, happen and, or, 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 or be published or, or a story like this needs to be told. Um, but uh, it, if, if it, if it shines a light on the injustices, um, then, then I'm all for it, but it's available right now in comiXology um, for free. It's uh, it's, it's, it's a great looking book. Martinez and, and, and Morales do, um, some really good work together but it, i mean it's 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 not meaty at all um it's it's uh looking at the visuals might take a little longer than actual reading the words but uh it's it's personal story and i think it's i think it's worthy of your time so in your travels represent um dc digital first chapter one it's a bird by christian cooper Aletha martinez and mark morales that's awesome sounds great I, uh, I'm sure you remember, I did a, Aletha Martinez is one of the creators I spotlighted, uh, yes. I doing all the spotlights. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Sounds like powerful stuff. It is. Um, in your travels, this is a book that, uh, strange. I, I, I vividly remember ordering it when I saw it in previews, I was very excited for it, had no idea that it was a re-solicit and had originally been put out in 2016, oddly enough, but uh, such is life. It uh, It is by Drawn and Quarterly, and it is called Moon Cop. One word, Moon Cop. Uh, written and drawn by Tom Gauld. Uh, as I said, it was it was originally oh. published by D&Q uh, back in 2016, and this is just a straight-up reprint, I, I assume, of the same book. I, I didn't double-check, but I think it's probably the same cover and everything. Uh, it's a hardcover. It's just shy of a hundred pages, and it was delightful. The perfect in your travels book, really, because there's not a tremendous amount of plot to go through. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's the story of an unnamed police officer on the moon. Uh, we're at some point in the future where the moon has been colonized, and it was originally a place of great excitement and uh, expectation for a new place where humanity could thrive but um as has often happened with best laid plans it uh, at this point it's it's almost like a mining town or a an automotive town or like bethlehem steel at this point it's it's a it's a it, the town is winding down it's sleepy almost everybody has realized that the dream never materialized and have relocated to other parts of the galaxy or gone back to earth and he finds himself not only the last police officer on the moon but um, as the story progresses, he realizes he is the last male. He's always one of only two humans left on the moon uh, with the other being a young lady who just got transferred to the moon and now works in the 
dinette coffee shop donut shop that he frequents every day. And it's a very um, delicate story uh, about a period of this guy's life where he's got this mundane existence. Very simple. He takes great pleasure in the simple things. I mean, he loves getting a coffee and a donut every day. He loves doing good deeds. And in the early part of the book, when there's still a few humans left, he's doing things like bringing a rogue robot who's malfunctioning back to the museum to keep him safe, which is analogous of like finding an old senile person on the street. He, he rescues an animal from high up, which is like, you know, rescuing a cat from a tree and all very familiar kind of cliche things that, that police or firemen would be depicted as doing uh, in terms of in the light of being neighborly and good Samaritans and, uh, it's a bit maudlin because he, he comes to terms with the fact that the moon is pretty much winding down and he needs to move on too. But he, he doesn't move on because he wants to. He moves on because there really is no other choice and he doesn't want to be alone either. I mean, he really much wishes that just things could have continued there because he felt very comfortable in his role. Um, and I just love that he set it in the moon because it's rendered in this really cool way. It's he's got a, Gold's got a very, very simple graphic style. Yeah, I love it. Very linear. Um Really nice line. Not not too dissimilar to, like, Jason, but, like, with a little bit more structure and rigidity to his line. Um, yeah, I thought it was terrific. It's this very simple, quick read. It's it's just a, more of, a, like, a vibe book about what it's like to be uh, alone at the tail end of a great idea that just never panned out. And I thought it was it was terrific. I... I, I I'm shocked I had never heard of it until now. I, as I said, it's it seems like it was pretty well received back when D and Q first put it out. So, yeah, it's called Moon Cop, and uh, I definitely recommend it. You know, D and Q has those sales every every now and then. So if you haven't gotten it already, then just mark it down as a book that uh, if it's if it's on the discount list, go ahead and grab it. Good advice. Excellent, Sanka. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you very, very much for being here with us one more time around the the sun. And uh, we'll be back very soon. In the meantime, if you want more of this kind of stuff, go to Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, and Twitter. Big presence there. If you would be so kind, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. There is Wumba goodness to be had there. You know the drill, you silly people. Say goodnight. I could tap, but that's beneath me. You're better than that, yeah. I am. I've moved on. David. <sighs> Good night. Oh, no, you're not going to tap, though. Love it. There you go. He checks his little Superman watch, and it says, Great Scott, it's time to say David. <laughs> oh, the, the uh, Apple released a new update for the watch, so you know, oh, that's nice. what I'm going with. Nice. There you go. You heard the drill, people. You come back next time. We will be here. We love you so much. Book goes a month. That's the next one? That's the next unless one. We, unless we do a bonus. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's time for a bonus. Bonus. Nice. On the 17th. Yeah, we can get one in. Uh, yes, we can probably 
do that, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. You shitheads. Nice. You <laughs> shitheads. <laughs> wow. Say bye. Lady yo. That's it for that one. <laughs>